Hello all sentient beings and welcome to Transmissions Alt Mode where we talk about all news, comics, and media related to the... On this episode of Transmissions Alt Mode, we interview IDW's badass letterer Tom B. Long to find out just what a letterer does and how one becomes a letterer. So bust out your copies of Photoshop, InDesign, Cork Express, and anything else you think you might need to make your letters look pretty because we're about to start Transmissions Alt Mode. Transmissions is powered by listeners like you. If you enjoy our shows and want to help support us, please visit transmissionspodcast.com slash support to find out how to donate. Welcome to Transmissions, where we do podcasting relatively well. I'm your host, Charles, a.k.a. Big C, and I'm joined by the excellent Transmissions team. Yusuf, better known as Yoshi. Yo! And Daryl, the Cybertronian Beast. Hey, let's talk Transformers. All right, and uh, unfortunately, Jeremy couldn't be here with us today, but uh, we'll go on without him. But this is a special uh, episode, and we've got a special guest to talk to. So, Yoshi, uh, who did you bring for this special episode? A content creator, Charles. (laughs) (laughs) We'd like to welcome a very special guest onto the show today. He's a guy who's learned all about kerning, leading, tracking, vertical and horizontal scale, baseline shifting, and font size so that you can enjoy the words and visual sound effects you read on your very favorite Transformers comic books. As well as being the letterer on all of IDW's Transformers comics, he has also worked on an incredible number of IDW comic book titles. He also has done work for the big boys, Marvel and DC. Please welcome Tom B. Long to Transmissions. How you doing, Tom? Hey, doing well. Thanks. Thanks for thanks having for me. Thanks for coming on. Um, I'm just going to dive into this unless you have any opening statements or arguments. Uh, nope. Nothing to, to start off with. Because you're on yeah. trial here. You, I just uh, want to know if the guest is combative. That's all. <laughs> the less I say, the better. <laughs> all right. Permission to treat the guest as hostile. (laughs) Granted, Charles, go ahead. (laughs) So uh, let's jump into this. Uh, You work as the letterer on the Transformers titles, uh, but are you yourself a Transformers fan? I am, because like many kids who grew up in the 80s, uh, came of age in the 80s, I should say. Of course, you know, after 2.30 school, it was Transformers, G.I. Joe, He-Man, Thundercats. You had to watch those. Um, And is that how you discovered Transformers originally was through the cartoons? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yep. Taking the toys to school. Everybody, you know, play at recess. That was our thing. Gotcha. What about uh, the original comics? Were you ever a fan of those? Uh, I didn't actually um, get into the comics so much back then because, you know, I discovered girls, so... I, I didn't have as many trips. to the Right. And I want you when, when we get to that point to explain to me how lettering helps you get chicks. Cause I'm very curious about that. <laughs> um, Oh, I can answer that right now. It really oh, doesn't. Okay. So it's been an upward battle, uphill battle for you. huh? It has <laughs> now, uh, uh, along with lettering, uh, do you also do graphic design for IDW? I do, actually, yeah. The way um, IDW structures um, the graphic art department is that the person who letters the book is also the graphic designer on the title, generally. So I put together all the covers, the IFC, drop in the ads, and just generally package the book for print. So the letterer 
the letter there used to be a position of just letter and as you know technologies and you know advanced the letter also expanded the, the became the de facto graphic designer for the book so yeah i get to put the whole thing together so i'm usually the first person to see a complete book before it goes to the Holy printing, sh- which shit. Is awesome. you're kind of you're kind of getting shortchanged on your job title then <laughs> well it's it's not it's not for the glory <laughs> um so are you mainly a freelance or uh, do you work directly for IDW? Oh, no, I'm an employee at IDW. Um, there were a few years I didn't work for them. I was just a freelancer, but I've been a full-time employee for five years now. So that's why you see me, my name on so many titles, just because I'm constantly there cranking stuff out. Okay. Uh, this is a new question. Uh, what did you think about my request to remove the background from the cover logos of uh, the more recent books? Oh, I thought it was a good idea. I think they look nice. I that do way. too. Why? Why not remove them all? Uh, I've started to actually. You'll notice until all are one, they've started to fade oh. away. And uh, in the ROM versus Transformers coming up, you'll see that doesn't have the black background oh, I either. Hug you. <laughs> That's so awesome. Um. So to wait, may, maybe. Uh, sorry, I, I I wanted to ask another question about that because another. Uh, <laughs> to throw you under the bus, mm-hmm. Yoshi. Another issue you've had is uh, the the issue number isn't in the traditional yeah, no, place. That fucking pisses on me. A off. lot of the IDW. <laughs> <laughs> you know, here, here's the thing, Charles, and I'll let you I'll let you answer in a second here, Mister Tom or Mister Long. But I got somebody in the industry to pay attention to me. <laughs> like, how much further do I want to push that button? But go ahead, go ahead, Mister Long. What's a uh, rebuttal? Uh, what was the question again? Exactly. Why do we move it down? Yeah. Now, why, why? Yeah. I guess why, why not put it in the traditional spot as opposed to, you know, at the bottom or I, oh. I think Yoshi's are Yoshi's argument is that if it's at the bottom, when you're putting them into a long box, it's harder to see which issue it is. Gotcha. If if it's I understand. The yeah. The, well, I think the thinking at the time when we, when they we relaunched those and we wanted to design something different for the covers to kind of make them pop and look more was thinking that like, let's make the title as big as possible at the top because of the way it sits in the stands, in the racks, in the stores. So that's kind of was the thinking behind it. And okay. clearly some people have issues about it. Literally <laughs> issues about it. <laughs> well, it, as a, you know, uh, Olive Branch of Peace, I did move the issue number back up to the upper left corner on ROM versus Transformers. I, so. Now I could kiss you, man. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> can I get a credit in the book next? <laughs> <laughs> Tom did No, do no, the work, I understand. Yeah. I understand, but inspiration comes from somewhere, right? <laughs> All right, Tom, tell us the story yeah. about how one became how you yourself became a comic book letterer. Uh, well, um, yeah, that's a good question. How the heck did I get here? It was, uh, well, I studied graphic design in, in junior college and I got a job at, uh, this place called signs and Glassworks, uh, chromium graphics in Vista, California, which at the time, I don't know if you remember in the nineties, there were chromium trading cards and chromium yep. covers yep. were all yes. the rage. That 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 uh, print shop had the patent on it, so everything that was chromium oh, came wow. through there. And I got a job at the in the production department there, and doing all the old school um, graphic design. It, so it wasn't computer; it was all light boxes and stack camera and processing film, and learned learned you know basically the old school way of doing things. 
and just so happened, you know, with Wildstorm getting a lot of work through there, I saw an ad for a part-time, you know, backroom tech at this publisher. It didn't say who in La Jolla, California, which wasn't nearby. And I thought, I, I got, my weekends are free. Let me apply. And it turned out it was at Wildstorm Productions. So I got a part-time job there where um, I would work all week at Chrome Graphics, go down on Saturday and Sunday and put together comic books for Wildstorm. And then I enjoyed that so much, and I did such a good job that I was able to get a full-time there and ditch Chromium Graphics, which is good because, you know, Chromium covers kind of mm-hmm. petered out. And uh, so working in the back room, the stack camera, creating the proofs, because Jim Lee at the time was, was all about making sure that the stuff printed exactly as he wanted. So he kept all of the production in-house, and then we would ship the, the final print films to Canada to get printed so they wouldn't handle any of it that way they control the quality of the art the quality of the colors everything was in-house and it was pre-digital it was the the old school way so there were a lot of 16-hour days and craziness but you know as technology improves and you know digital plates came along and things changed so i just got in there and started working my way up finding out how do i work on this computer what's this program do you know photoshop cork express illustrator and they had brought a couple letters into to kind of get um digital lettering going and I just, I learned from them. And next thing you know, I just, I've done it all from the, from the old way to the new. Do you feel like you uh, were kind of set up at a slight advantage because you understood the old school method coming into the new school way of things? Absolutely. Because um, if you know, like how, how the pieces fit together before you start trying to build the puzzle, you're just naturally going to, you know, figure it out faster than someone who only knows how to use the tool it doesn't understand how the end product is supposed to be put right. together. So you do you? I, I think you already answered this, but I'm slow. If <laughs> if you were growing up today, where every kid's got a, a Mac or an iPad, or would you would you be as far along in your career? Or do you feel like that uh, being able the fact that you actually got to do things by hand just gave you that much of an advantage? I think it gave me advantage plus just the 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 time I spent working on it because the there's there's so much competition now with like you said all these kids have iPads and, and computers and they can download Photoshop for free and, and mm-hmm. figure it out versus the old way of you know it was expensive very few people had access to that now everyone can and there's just there's a lot of competition there's a lot of great quality I mean kids can go home and spend you know their whole evening after school figuring out how to color a comic book or draw something and that's awesome so I'm actually glad I got it when I did because I can't compete with some of these kids. They're too good. This is a this is a question I've asked some of the other artists we've had on the show. How do you how do you feel about mm-hmm. Adobe's new model for licensing software? Uh, I think it's great for yeah, them. Yeah, <laughs> it a, certainly kind of, is. <laughs> <laughs> because I I know I know of colorists who only switched to Creative Suite like in the past year or two, and they were still on Photoshop right. free. Because they didn't need to upgrade, they had their their brush sets. They knew how the the thing func their tool functioned, and they can color beautiful comics using the old rudimentary tool. Because the technology doesn't really help you be a better artist. It only you know makes your deliverable maybe a little yeah. faster, if that makes it sense. Does. It does. Uh, so is uh, from your standpoint, since you kind of put it all together. Is uh-huh. do you is the option of switching to something like Pixelmator even even feasible, or are you are you stuck in an Adobe 
environment for the rest of your life? Uh, because of, you know, because I've, you know, have the nine to five job, I'm stuck in Adobe just cause that's the industry right. standard. I haven't really branched out yet to learn anything new. I'm sure there's other tools that are probably because they're geared to the specific task of creating comic books. They might be a little more efficient and a lot less, a lot less, um, overwhelming yeah. to learn. So, so that might be cool for someone coming up who like, I know I want to re- do comic books and they focus on that versus, you know, having to learn all the ins and out and the eccentricities of such a robust program like the Adobe suite. So uh, just to geek out a second, Pixelmator is the Photoshop killer. It's uh, that that's uh-huh. its purpose in life. It's not specific to coloring comics, but I do know what oh, you're talking okay. about in, in coloring software yeah. specific to that. Um, in your whole career within the comics industry, what are you most proud of? Uh, probably that I've been able to make a living at this for 20 years. So you know, that's pretty good. But if you ask me specifically uh-huh. what, um, what project I would probably be, uh, my lettering and production work for the, uh, Dr. Who prisoners of time miniseries. Mm-hmm. I was fortunate enough to, you know, letter that book. It was 12 issues featured every doctor at that point. I was able to letter each, each book. So I got to work on each, each doctor's story and then do the final packaging, including the hardcover design. So it's kind of nice when you can see something from beginning to end and put it all together. And it came out looking really nice, I think. So yeah, that, as far as projects goes, that's my favorite. Awesome. What's a, what's a typical work day like for you? Uh, they're pretty chill, actually. You know, IDW's, you know, it's got, it's, it's, it's like organized chaos. We, uh, you know, start, you know, on Monday, we get our assignments of what, what art's in, what's, uh, the priorities for the week to try and get to the, uh, printer. Um, it's not as simple as, okay, I'm going to work on lost light number five today and finish this by Friday. It's more like, okay, you have six titles you're going to work on this week. Three of them will probably make of it. Two of them probably won't. And everything's trickling in five pages at a time. So you're, there's a lot of juggling going sure. on. So, but, sure. that, but fortunately, you know, since I've done it so long, it's, it's kind of nice. I, it keeps you from getting bored because, you know, you work at one thing too long, you get a little tired of it. I'd be working on Transformers one minute, then GI Joe, and then My Little Pony. How much of that are they? Are they? How much of that are they managing your time, and are you doing on your own? Like, uh, you uh, know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. You you mean like you know? Um, we manage our own time for the most part. It's really great. Um, my boss Robbie, uh, the vice president at IDW and one of the original uh, founding owners. He'll, he'll come by in the morning after the, the daily production meeting with uh, the spreadsheet of books that are due at the printer, and he'll just run down our row saying, okay, these are yours, and give us an update on where they're, what uh, assets are coming in from editorial. And we just, uh, then that's it. That's pretty much all the, the connection I'll have with them during the day. It's up to me to try and make sure I get the most important thing out first. Yeah. So it's nice. You, know, you, you don't feel like you're being micromanaged the right. whole time. I know it's exciting stuff. Can you, would you mind going a little more into detail about, uh, what you do from script to final submission to the printer? Oh, sure. Yeah. Happy to. So the workflow for, for a title, I'll just do this. So I'll give you like a general workflow for each title is that, um, the editor has already finalized the script and the, and the art, and then he'll turn it into our production department. So we'll get um, the ink files will be put on our server as mm-hmm. well as, you know, Word doc of the script. Um, we have, um, we've streamlined our process so that we have a guy named Amore. He's the coolest. His job is to copy and paste the uh, text from the Word document into our Illustrator file lettering templates for each page. So, you know, it saves us time on the copy-paste. Um, 
he'll turn those balloon guides once it's done over to me. And the balloon guide is basically just a, a eight and a half by 11 copy of the script, which has marker balloon guides from the uh, editor saying, okay, balloon one goes to this character, balloon two goes here, caption three goes here. And it's a general guide so that, you know, if you're not familiar with the characters, you at least know who in each panel is right. talking. So we get, we get a hold of these and then we'll uh, open up the illustrator file, which has already been copy and pasted by our Palomori. And then it's our job now to make all these words fit into pretty shapes and flow in the proper context of the way we read, which is right to left, top to bottom. And so we'll do that. We'll put in the sound effects, you know, and then print those out. That was go back to the editor. He'll do his first round edits. If there's any typos, if he doesn't like the way something is reading in the panel, we'll get those back as edits, make those changes. At which point we should have the color files in from the colorist. We'll, um, then we'll paste what's called paste up. We'll take the uh, Illustrator file of the lettering, copy and paste that into the Photoshop file, and then use those files to build our publishing document. We use Quark Express. A lot of people use InDesign these days. We, we use it sometimes, but as a standard, we just use Quark Express, which is nothing more than a document layout program. Place every page, you know, 1 to 20 for the art. We'll build those previously pages that you guys see or the roll calls, drop in the ads, put in letters pages if one exists, um, generate a PDF, which then goes back to the editor along with the hard copy of his notes so that he can verify that I made the changes correctly. And then we'll just do a back and forth on changes if he has anything else until we get it licensor approved, creator approved, anything, anyone in the process gets to look at it one more time before it goes to the publisher. I mean the printer. And that's pretty much it. What? How long does it take to do that for a single book on average? Uh, it depends on... A variety of factors. You know, the, the labor itself, I can letter a, a regular 20, 22 page book in about six hours in a day. And if the color file is there, I can paste it up in an hour. So I can go, I can, if I have all the files I need, I can start a book in the morning and have it done, ready to be reviewed by the end of the day. Gotcha. But that's just not a perfect world. So it can take as long as a week as things piecemeal their way to us. What's your favorite font? Uh, that'd be Comic Craft, Comic Crazy. I think it's very elegant looking, very like professional looking. And the fact that it has an upper and lower gives me a lot more flexibility. Like use lowercase if you want to make something look like it's being whispered or set as an aside. And it's just nice to have that flexibility when you're lettering. Is that the default font used for character speech that you use? Uh, if I'm, it depends on the book. I like to change my fonts depending on what's going on. Like, um, so that is like the first one I think of, but if I'm working on something like uh, something a little more techy, like giant robots, I might pick something else. If I'm working on something like horror font, I'll pick something that's a little more um, stringy and macabre. It just I try as I've gotten you know more experience, I try and gear the font choice to the art and context of the story I'm working on. How do you come up with the sound effect words you use in Transformers comics, in particular the transformation sound? Oh, gotcha. Um, actually, the the sound effects are actually written in by the writer. But as a letterer, since we do have flexibility, I'll change them up depending on what the art looks like. Now, the of the sound effect, that was already established, I think, um, prior to me coming back to working at IDW. Uh -huh. So, but I've been able to just pick with the font I like and, and modify it the most. But generally, I just try, I've just from experience, I've learned like what sound like whatever action is going on in the panel what sound effect works best 
What piece of advice can you give someone who wants to be an aspiring letterer? Yeah. Um, I would say that, well, the most important thing is to, is that most people don't understand is that for comic book lettering, there are rules and you really need to learn them if you want your lettering to look like it's been professionally done. Um, there's lots of great um, tutorials and comments out there for, from like Comicraft and Blambot and a few other um, comic book font foundries and just other professional editors who like to share things because we just like seeing good quality comics. Um, like for example, the one thing I, I always, always jumps out at me. Most people don't realize is that um, because comics are almost always done uppercase, uh, there is a special instance of the capital I. I don't know if you guys are familiar I, with this. The capital I. Go ahead. I, I, go ahead. I got a side story to that, but go ahead. Okay. The, so there is the serif or personal I, as it's called, is the I with the top and bottom bars going across. That's the serif I. As a rule in comics, you only use that for personal uh, references like I, I'm, I've, I'd, and that's it. You use the lowercase I, which is just, you know, the, the single bar with no serifs for any other instance, including like, you know, the beginning of a, of a word balloon where, you know, we're trained to think, okay, the first letter of the sentence should be a capital. So you put the serif in there, but that's not correct. So things like that, you know, it's, it's not intuitive. It's something that you have to learn because there's like any other craft, there's rules to it. That, that particular example you gave is something I've only recently <clears throat> noticed when I, while I was reading comic books, it just finally clicked with me. And now like when I'm writing in my notebooks or my to-do lists, when I write in all caps, like I always use lowercase I now when it's, when it's uh, combined with a word. So, yeah. It's awesome. just, I, I, it looks a lot prettier. It's, crazy that that came up and I've just started doing that myself. Tom, after you've, you're done lettering up a page, uh, and it's all put together, you, and you notice that the, the majority of the art is getting covered by massive amounts of, of dialogue on the page. Do you have any creative control over cleaning that up? Can you, you know, tighten it up small make it smaller or, or what can you do with that? Yeah. Um, as that is something that you, that is a letter you should watch out for because you hate to step on art. I mean, the goal of an, a letter is to make your lettering disappear, just blend into the panel. And so if you're stepping on art, you want to fix that. You, we can sometimes in rare occasions just edit the text ourselves. If it's something simple like using conjunctions within the text, but if it's really bad, really heavy, what I'll do is I'll take it over. I'll print a copy of what I have and I'll take it over. That ha This happened last month. I'll take it to the editor and say, look, this was because sometimes, you know, the, the dialogue changes between the time the artist gets it and the time the, the final script is turned in. And I'll just show it to the editor and say, this is not going to work. It's stepping on too much. Can you have the writer edit it? Can you make some changes? And it's, you know, it's a collaborative effort. There's a back and forth. And fortunately, most of the time it, it, we work it out. Sometimes we'll just move text into a previous or an on a ne the next panel, whatever it takes to make sure that we're not stepping on the storytelling. Oh, good. Yeah. When you're lettering a comic, uh, I notice, uh, you know, sometimes there's emphasis on different words. Does that come from the writer in the script or is that something you add? Um, as a rule, it starts from the script. The script, this is one of the things that Amori does for us when he copies paste, is the script will include italics, bold italics, and, you know, um, smaller fonts like to indicate that things are whispered. And so he'll put those in. But as, like I mentioned earlier, as, you know, the experience of being good letters, sometimes you'll see an opportunity to emphasize a word or a phrase or de-emphasize something to make it to make the storytelling more appealing to the reader so that's why sometimes you'll notice in stories i'll have a word that is not only bolded 
but is actually larger, a different font. I'll change it to a red with an outline. Something to like something more impactful to make the storytelling go a little better. While still not making it too obvious that I'm infusing my own interpretation on the story. Okay. Since you do work on uh, on all these comics, uh, are you still kind of a fan of these stories? Or it, does it make it hard, since you kind of work on these things day in and day out, does it make it hard to still be interested in the stories that are in the comics? Oh, no, I'm actually still a huge comic fan. It's actually, this worked out well, because now I don't have to spend money buying comics every week. I just, you know, go to work and get paid <laughs> to read them. So it's awesome. Yeah, I still love it. It's it's, it's what I wanted to do after, you know, um, I got out of junior college and thought, well, I'm I'm quite happy to be working. If I was just lettering comics 20 years from now, I'd be happy. Awesome. Yeah. All right. I'm going to wrap up with just a couple more questions. Do you have any upcoming projects you'd like to share with us? Yeah. Uh, the one I mentioned earlier, the uh, ROM versus Transformers looks pretty amazing. Alex's work is awesome. And uh, the story's pretty fun. I think you guys are all going to like Sweet. it. Sweet. We're looking forward to it. Yeah. yeah. And uh, any plans to go to any Transformers or comic-themed com- comic conventions this year? Um, I'm always working, so I don't really travel that much. But um, since I do live in San Diego County, I usually make it down to the uh, San Diego Comic-Con every year. So if uh, anyone's heading that way and wants to meet up, let me know. So you, you go as a fan, not so much as a as a booth artist alley person it depends yeah i don't do the artist alley thing but sometimes um if idw needs extra help i'll work on at the idw booth like i did last year for a little bit gotcha well tom i can't thank you enough for joining us that was a whole lot of fun for me right on thanks for having me sorry if i was boring i know uh the production side of things is a little dry (laughs) no i i really enjoyed it i i think our listeners will too awesome I thought it was yeah. really interesting. Yeah. Now, before I let you go, Tom, we're gonna we're gonna give you some fun little quick uh, quick uh, rapid fire questions, if that's all right. Right on. Uh, starting off with what I hope is an easy one: Autobot or Decepticon? Autobot or Decepticon? Oh, Decepticon. Uh, who's your favorite? Uh, who's your favorite? Uh, actually, my favorite is an Autobot. I like World's character the best. All right. Uh, live action Transformers movie one, two, three, or four. Uh, one. Megan Fox, Rosie Huntington Wheatley, Nicola Peltz, uh, Shia LaBeouf, or Mark Wahlberg? Shia uh, LaBeouf. Megan Fox. Uh, Lost Light, Optimus Prime, or Till All or One? Lost Light for me. Third party toys, yes or no? Sure. <laughs> Cats or dogs? Cats or dogs? Uh, neither birds. Oh, what kind of birds? Uh, I actually raise chickens, peacocks, and ducks myself. Oh, wow. Uh, coffee or tea? Iced tea. Chicken or steak? Chicken or steak. I got to be contrary again. I like pork. Pepsi or Coke? Iced tea. <laughs> Burger King or McDonald's? Neither. I like burritos. History or science? Uh, I'll take history. Xbox or PlayStation? Uh, Xbox. Uh, Call of Duty or Battlefield? Mm, Call of Duty. Uh, PC or Macintosh? Uh, I got to be Mac. iPhone or Android? iPhone. And what iPhone app can you not live without? HBO Now. Oh, you really are into Game of Thrones. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Marvel or DC? Uh, And who's your favorite Marvel character? Uh, Ghost Rider. Uh, 
Stallone or Schwarzenegger? I'll go with Arnold. Uh, Zoe Saldana, Scarlett Johansson, Maggie Q, Ryan Reynolds, Stephen Yen, or Chadwick Boseman? Uh, Zoe Saldana, because she's badass. Twilight or Hunger Games? Uh, are you asking me which did more to lower the bar of culture? <laughs> <laughs> because that would, that would be I, a I'm asking if you had to go to a movie theater and those were your only two options. I said if you had to go to a movie theater and those were your only two options. Uh, No, I wouldn't go. Pixar or DreamWorks? Pixar or DreamWorks? Uh, Pixar, come on. Who didn't cry it up? Star Wars or Star Trek? I like both, but uh, my money's on Star Wars. The Simpsons or Family Guy? Ah, Simpsons. I don't even need to ask this one. Walking Dead or Game of Thrones? (laughs) Game of Thrones, please. NFL, MLB, NHL, or NBA? Uh, you didn't put UFC didn't. in here. It's got to be UFC. We're adding it right now. <laughs> uh, Porsche, Ferrari, Lamborghini, or Volkswagen Beetle? Uh, Volkswagen Beetle, please. Blonde, brunette, or redhead? Uh, I, honestly, no preference. Thank the maker for all the lovely ladies <laughs> he made. There you go. Well, that ends our rapid fire, and we're at the end of the show now. Um, where can people find you online, sir? Uh, my, uh, Twitter account is at team graphics and you'll find my political range things on there. Let me, uh, let me ask you one final question. If, uh, if somebody out there had a sketch cover done and then they wanted some, uh, words, uh, well, well-written words on it, could they send it to you to have that done? Are you asking for a friend? I'm or asking for the general you? listeners. <laughs> no, okay. no, no. This would be a charge um, service. This isn't free. Oh, uh, Gosh, I'd be afraid to do it, but they certainly could. I'm willing to give it a shot. I haven't done any hand lettering in a very long time. But yeah, that'd be cool. Well, thank you so much, Tom, for joining us. I really appreciate it. This was a lot of fun. Thanks for having me on. I hope I was informative and at least a little bit entertaining. (laughs) Certainly were, sir. Certainly were. You were awesome. Thanks, Tom. Sure. Thank you. And please, we welcome you back anytime. Right on. Anytime you guys want to chat. Cool. Thanks for listening to Transmissions. Remember, you can help support the show by donating to us directly via Patreon or PayPal. Once you become a donor, you will receive access to donor-only goodies, like donor-only contests, listening to us record Transmissions live, and getting Transmissions swag at 20% off. You can find links for this at transmissionspodcast.com support. Subscribing to us on Stitcher, iTunes, and Google Play is also a great way to support us here at Transmissions. Every subscription we get helps us get better noticed on those services. Leaving us a comment and five-star review doesn't hurt either. Be sure to come chat with us on Discord. You will find a link for Discord at transmissionspodcast.com Discord. And of course, you can always send us an email at feedback at transmissionspodcast.com. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you again next week. So we all ready to go? Yeah, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Yoshi, you're the interviewer tonight, so you, you have to be a little bit more... 
animated. You're fucking concerned about me, seriously. <laughs> I bring the fucking personality. You're worried about me. <laughs> God, you're Tom. I, I noticed on your um, I, I've been following you on Twitter for a little while. I noticed like earlier on Twitter, your your um, your tagline was comic book lettering done right. <laughs> and these days it's comic book lettering done relatively well yes yeah <laughs> I, I had one of the editors called me out for being arrogant so i was like all right all right i can mitigate this really who do you have to to, to sub in for mr long in his arrogance <laughs> nobody huh i think i'll leave my twitter alone dick <laughs> <clears throat> so that was the beginning of the interview no. So, <laughs> no, 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 Mike, no. you need to edit that shit in. Yeah, that could be an outtake, though. <laughs>